the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. One day we may write an epic novella about Bitcoin. You can only take 80 pages to about 110 pages on digital currencies. After that, you kind of get lost in the reading. But Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have gone from bad to worse, bad to worse, bad to worse. Selling pressure intensifies across the landscape. What we're learning more and more that can be revealed in a a tell-all book is that Bitcoin is it's, it's tethered to risk. It's tethered to the NASDAQ. When a company, gosh, how do I say it? Like an NVIDIA. NVIDIA or AMD, those are the high-tech, high-growth, high-octane companies. They're not the Pelotons that are speculating, like, maybe one day they'll grow up to be a big boy or uh, beyond meat. Maybe one day they'll grow up to be a real meat company. <clears throat> then you get into AMD and NVIDIA's where they're just hyper-fast growing, but they're wildly profitable. Then you get into the growth companies like a Google and Apple. <clears throat> when none of those work for you on a risk level, you get a Bitcoin. Again, this is just your risk profile. This doesn't mean that you don't think Bitcoin's going to be transacted. This, this is your risk level. I'm not that much of a risk taker. I kind of stop right around the, the growth. The growth at any cost, like um, beyond meat. I, I want to like the story, but I want to find that right entry point. It may be today. Stocks fall apart. I own no beyond meat. I expect to own no beyond meat. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are getting dragged down hard right now. And I don't like seeing it, but I'm seeing it. There's a fast-growing algorithmic stablecoin called Terra. It's tied to the U.S. dollar. It's crashed as low as 23 cents to the dollar. With your bank, let's say you go to Bank of America or Wells Fargo today and you deposit your paycheck and in the end, you have $100 left. You leave it in the bank because you're going to come back and get it later in time through an ATM machine or through a check writing or whatever it is, right? If that dollar, the dollar is pegged to 1.00, your dollar is pegged to the dollar. If you were to come in the next day and there's like, oh, we're only paying 90 cents on the dollar. You're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> You'd be like, did I lose 10? That's what's happening. Stable coins are supposed to be stable. Uh, Bitcoin is supposed to be an equity that moves up or down. It's, a, it's doing what it's supposed to do. But a stable coin is supposed to be stable. A dollar is a stable coin. And that fell apart this week. There's, there's going to be a lot of storytelling behind it. What's behind the fall of stable coin? Um, was it the faulty algorithm at Terra? Think of Terra Chips, Terra Planted, T-E-R-R-A. They're crucial. Stablecoins are crucial to crypto trading and lending activities. They provide liquidity to individual traders, exchanges, and market makers who are decentralized and, de- and centralized. Again, centralized and decentralized, you need to do a small primer. 
I'd be careful because everything on YouTube is kind of a sales pitch. <laughs> if you think you're getting an education, oh, you could do business with me at the end, which is fine. But the people who are pitching it on, they tend to have, how shall we say, not a lot of age on their body. I don't take financial advice from people under 30. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, I, I'll take like, what's a great app? I'll take what's a great restaurant. Um, but don't take financial advice from people under 30. I know, I know that that's going to be my bumper sticker right now. Because <laughs> I remember myself under age 30. And let's just say I didn't have the best financial advice for myself. Spend a lot of money on love. Bitcoin's high volatility, high volatility drawbacks um, are starting to become a little bit more obvious. I'm not saying don't own. I'm just saying own with a ton of risk and caution in your head that there's a ton of risk there. Stable coins represent 12% of the $1.4 trillion total market cap of cryptocurrencies. $1.4 trillion is not a lot. What we're learning this week is that as Apple went from a $3 trillion company, it got really, really big. And then it, um, how shall we say, has gone through January, February, March, April, May of 2022, and it's gotten a little bit smaller. Yesterday, they went from the number one largest company in the world to the number two. Who's the number one largest company in front of Apple? Who's the number one largest company in front of Apple? Saudi Aramco. Big oil companies made a big move on the price of oil. And Saudi Aramco was a state-run oil company that went public a few years back. My brother Clint used to work for Saudi Aramco before, and he lived in Saudi Arabia and he lived in the Middle East and he loved it. He's kind of a history buff. So he got to work where his mind was playing. And then they started cutting off Americans' heads. And he's like, uh, the company's like, you need to get out of the country. Sorry. So back to America, he came. Talking about like reverse immigration, right? Um, Sable coins represent just 12% of the 1.4 trillion. Now, a 1.4 trillion, it's not that big of a market at this point in time. And so far, there's no way to make money on the downside. There's only ways to make money on the upside. And I don't like that. Banks, payment companies, and fintechs are muscling in the space. The new crypto dollars, stable coins are now widely used as traditional dollars in the crypto markets. Once you're in the ecosystem, stable coins allow you to act as though you have US dollars when really you own crypto, but you think in your head they are. So when you see it break the buck, that's what it's called when you deposit money at a bank and come back a day later and it's worth 90 cents versus the dollar. And no bank in the United States will ever break the buck because everyone in that city, everyone in the country tied towards said bank would pull their money out. So the dip and breaking the buck has wiped out $29 billion in value in the stable coin. Now, again, you're talking about an industry that's worth one point, what, what was it, trillion? So you start like start adding some of this up, 1.4 trillion total value, and then you see the stablecoin wiped out 29 billion. It's a bad day to be a crypto. On top of that, tell me if this isn't a pile of warm poo-poo. Coinbase warns. Coinbase is publicly traded, right? So they had a bad quarter. And a lot of people, a lot of my peers think now is the time to buy Coinbase. They're going for a land grab in all things digital currencies. But Coinbase said something in their conference call that made me stain my pants. They said that crypto assets in your wallet, you own a wallet with them, like a banking account, would become their property if the company went bankrupt. 
So everything that you own in crypto, if the company were to say tonight in the middle of the night, oh, by the way, we misplaced money and we're bankrupt and all of your money is our money. Again, a worst case scenario, but one you need to be aware of if you understand risk. You can't list all the influencers on Instagram and YouTube about uh, Bitcoin or altcoins or digital coins just because you didn't save enough during the first dot-com boom or the second dot-com boom. You got to know the risks, okay? So if Coinbase were to go bankrupt, you would lose all your money. If you look at the financials of Coinbase, they better start making money soon. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point, the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Sometime in the next two weeks, I'm going to be starting a series of podcasts or shows, I guess is the right way of saying it. It's all about future technologies and what we can do to start thinking about actions, corporate strategy, vision, transformations. Um, There's different phases of trying to understand future investment ideas. And like, you kind of want to frame it and scope it. You want to explore the dynamics. You want to explore the futures of it, the research, the development, scenario logic. But there's a lot of good areas for disruption. Disruption and even in, in price of a something, someone asked me, and this is absolutely positively not investment advice. Someone asked me if you could only own one stock today, what would it be for the next year? And I hate that. But I instantly had a thought come to my head. Um, it's Google. Um, I own shares of Google. So I'm going to stay with something that I like. If I wanted to own one stock and only one stock today for the next year, it would probably be in my portfolio. Otherwise, I would have bought it today, yesterday kind of thing, right? Question is, will I buy more? I will not tell you. Consult a broker advisor taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. But there's a disruption in pricing on great companies. This is the once in a investment lifetime that happens once every five years. But in investment lifetime, you live from age 20 to 60, you work, and then you live off what you do from 60 to 100. And I don't expect people to be buying a lot of stocks from 60 to 100. I expect you to be holding, maybe selling and buying again, but I don't expect you to be raising capital for stocking. But you could. I mean, I don't know. But you look, when you can get a high quality price disruption on a high quality name, that's good. Um. Google's suite of tools to me are very intriguing that they've been able to pull off basically monopoly-like numbers without being accused of being a monopoly because on one hand, you have Microsoft who does all the Word documents, everything that Google gives away for free, Gmail and stuff. And on the other hand, you have Apple who has the hardware, but Google Drive, Google Photos, if you look at the suite of productivity tools they have, they're, they're dominant. Um, and they use all of them to monetize their business. So I still like their business model. YouTube, holy mackerel. Yes, it's getting passed by TikTok on some levels. Um, but let's just say I wouldn't want to be ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox. Those are two formidable challengers in young eyeballs. And certainly as those younger eyeballs, the millennials turn 35, 40, they'll probably go, let's see what's on the old fashioned TV. And our children can get on the new TikToks. But by then, TikTok or Google will own most ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox. 
So I like talking about these trends and I'm going to be doing a whole slew of shows on the disruption that we're seeing in geopolitics, in public health, in what the demographics are buying and what, where they're trending. I've been putting together research now on the environment and ways we can make money as investors by being early to some of the disruptive technologies. Media and telecommunications is huge. Uh, wealth distribution comes with its own set of issues as far as uh, investable opportunities. If you think the lower incomes of the world are going to rule the day, you go after the dollar generals. If you think the higher income people are going to rule, then you go after something like Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy. That's just the start of that concept of wealth distribution. I think there's going to be big disruption in education. Uh, Joe Biden's talking about forgiving college debt, and I'm all completely understanding that a lot of people get into college debt that is way too much for them, and it ruins their financial lives. I get it, and I don't like that. Um, I think the system is broken at the collegiate level and the corporate level. I want to see more companies like Google and Amazon and Apple open up their own education centers where you can get a certification in computer technicians or whatever driving, driving tractor trailers. I would love to see that because I don't think we should be sending everyone off to college to become poetry majors and history majors. You only need so many history teachers. I know you're saying, yes, but you do not understand history can become a law degree. And then you have the history of law degrees. Totally understand. I just think the system is kind of set up like cows. Like everyone go herd over here. Everyone go herd over there. So I'll be doing more shows and they'll be in the earlier hour. And maybe I'll break them apart completely from the podcast and make them more long-term. You know, there's some podcasts that only get published a week and they show up in your podcast list. And you're like, oh, this person must have been on vacation because I haven't seen anything for three months. So I'm going to be doing some of those. Um. I like writing down weak signals and strong signals and all disruptions and where we need, how shall we say the main need, the ongoing need, the vectors, the evolving needs. I love drawing stuff. If you were to see my, what I guess I would refer to as my North facing wall. Um, it's got probably a hundred sticky notes on it right now. And it looks like I'm a serial killer or it looks like I'm trying to catch a serial killer. You have to recognize patterns, contradictions, inflections, practices, hacks, extremes, rarities. I promise you I'm doing a lot of research to help in the future. Now let's help in the now, shall we? Um, markets are going through their process of not bottoming. It's not a bottoming process yet. We still have to have panic. Yesterday, we watched the day slowly get away from us and evolve into a sell-off. And I kept looking at the VIX and it was never quite right. It was never at 40 or 45 or 50. There wasn't that horrible whoosh down tied towards um, panic. Now, with that said, we're getting closer on the NASDAQ, but we're not there. The NASDAQ has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies. In the last five to 10 years, the Googles, the Amazons, the Apples, the Microsofts, they've done their job. They've become legit businesses and earned billions and billions of dollars. 
but there's too many companies coming public. Like people ask me, what do you think about the new IPO on the company? It's an insurance company tied to only towards the internet. So they're going to have no real agents. You're just going to base all insurance on algorithms. I'm like, okay, um, let's wait till they're profitable. Let's wait till one quarter profitable. And then we can get in. And there'll still be upside because then there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of quarters of profitability behind them according to your thoughts. And those are the companies that are getting taken to the woodshed and, and getting burned to the tune of 80% from their all-time highs. We'll see mergers and acquisitions. That'll be a sign. What's another sign the stock market's put in a bottom? Um, a VIX of 50, a VIX of 40, real fear and, and loathing. What's another one when say someone like um, Apple, Amazon misses numbers um, and they fall 10% in the day. And, but by the end of the day, they've reversed and gone up three or 4%. You see just heavy accumulation in a big name on a day where it starts negative and ends positive. But it's not just one sign. It's just, it, I wish it were that easy. It's just not. Um, so the companies that are doing well are companies that have the most visibility right now. Because we don't know if we're doing a soft landing. We don't know if we're doing a hard landing in the economy. I think most of us are assuming the Fed waited a little too long to kind of let the economy get better and better, hotter and hotter. And then when they pull the rug out from the table and take the punch bowl away, we're pretty drunk at this point in time. Thank you, Federal Reserve, for giving us low-cost money for so long. And they take the punch bowl away, and it's like, oh, Andrew, Andrew, like, uh you got any stash, any, any, anything in like your, your flask? Like you start feeling the, the need for more alcohol. We're not there yet. Punch bowl is slowly being taken away. So you can still run to the door and grab one last spoon, but it is going away pretty quickly. All things considered st- the pace of walking away from us is getting faster and faster with how the fed is raising rates. So if the fed does this to us, they're going to be the ones to blame. And it it sucks because that's not right. It's not like Biden did it. It's not like Trump did it. It's policy on top of policy on top of policy that never addresses core issues. Um, And that goes back to the college costs. I don't mind forgiving students college debt or understanding it or tying it towards a percentage of your income in the world. I think it sucks to be the bank that lent that person money. Um, And then a president comes in and says, I absolve it. Because there is a real person behind that bank at some point in time. Maybe someone's raise, maybe someone's salary, maybe someone's job. Um, and they didn't have to lend the money. They did because it was on good faith that you pay it back. So I get both sides. But I just think colleges are broken because they're set up like as profit centers. If you ever t- take a look at the endowments of colleges, it's, it's egregious. Um, and ultimately, I think colleges are, are a great benefit for our society. But it is the 10% that are getting a great education that are subsidized by the 90% who are getting an average to below average education for careers. Apple, no longer the world's most valuable company. How things change. A big oil company has taken the title. Did we predict that at the beginning of the year? Nope. Thank you, Russia and Ukraine. Um, Thank you, China. No, China's actually helping oil go lower. Russia and Ukraine. Thanks a lot for nothing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Are you stressed? Are you panicked? Or do you own companies that you feel good about?
Institute of Retirement. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. So a future technology is really being aggressively debunked by Elon Musk. Hydrogen fuel cells. Tesla CEO calls hydrogen the most dumb thing I could possibly imagine for energy storage. That's pretty aggressive. So you see where he stands right out of the gate, right? I started doing a little bit more work on Toyota's fuel cell cars um, as a way of what Toyota's betting on. Musk is, uh, not Musk, but Toyota is a big car company. Musk may be dismissive about hydrogen, but a lot of people believe hydrogen's role in energy transition um, are optimistic about it. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has reiterated his skepticism about hydrogen's role in the planned shift to a more sustainable future. I've started seeing the Toyota Mirai on the road a little bit more. I'm like, what's that all about? And it's a hydrogen fuel cell. And I started seeing hydrogen fuel cell uh, charging stations. Musk went on to state that gigantic tanks would be required to hold hydrogen in liquid form. If it were to be stored in gaseous form, even bigger tanks would be needed. So he doesn't like that. To fill up your car and go 400 miles again, it takes five minutes or less with hydrogen. Now, hydrogen is something you don't really want to shoot. That's why the cars are being made with carbon fibers. So there's no scratches, no breaks. In 2019, the International Energy Agency said hydrogen was one of the leading options for storing energy from renewables and looks promising to be the lowest cost option for storing electricity over days, weeks, or even months. And that's basically them not poo-pooing how Tesla makes money. But kind of. The Paris-based organization added that both hydrogen and hydrogen-based fuels were able to transport energy from renewables over long distances from regions with abundant solar and wind resources, such as Australia and Latin America, to energy-hungry cities thousands of kilometers away. One of the problems with Teslas and electric vehicles is you have to charge them. And it takes a good... You do these superpower chargers, and those are super expensive, and they're not good for the batteries to charge that fast. You could use one of those for sure, but those are tough infrastructures to get built too. I mean, you're not going with a standard jack in your home. You're not even going with a standard washer or dryer jack. You're going hardcore, like city approval, big budget to get that kind of fast charging. And Tesla's kind of cracked that like for long drives. But hydrogen can do it every day. Hydrogen, you can fit in a city versus the infrastructure for cars in apartments and condos is is kind of miserable. So if you want an electric vehicle and you live in a condo complex, yeah, you you go try sharing with the guy down in 1A. He's not going to unplug ever. 
So let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits and disadvantages of hydrogen. Hydrogen is highly efficient. It's the most abundant element on the planet. It can be used in cell phones. It can be used in your home. It can be used for cars. It's got good reliability. Quality of power provided does not degrade over time. Noise, it offers a much more silent and smooth alternative to conventional energy production. Environmentally beneficial, it greatly reduces CO2 and harmful pollutant emissions. Fuel cells are significantly lighter and more compact, so you can make more efficient vehicles. Expensive to manufacture is the big negative due to the high cost of platinum. Lack of infrastructure yet to support hydrogen. Another negative would be a lot of currently available fuel cell technologies in prototype stage. Like we haven't really set up the infrastructure or the technology to charge your iPhone with it. We will get there if we want to get there. We're not there. Hydrogen is the most abundant element on earth. It's an alternative fuel that has very high energy content by weight. It's locked up in enormous quantities of water, hydrocarbons, and other organic material. It can be produced from diverse domestic resources including fossil fuels, biomass, water, electrolysis, and wind, solar, or electricity, uh, grid. Fuel cells can be used to power several applications, cars, trucks, buildings, backup power systems. It can be grid independent, attractive option for critical load functions, such as data centers, telecommunication towers, hospitals, emergency rooms, emergency response systems, military applications for the national defense. Fuel cells are clean when you run a vehicle with it. The only thing that comes out is air and a little bit of water, oxygen, HTO, and a little bit of water, um, which is pretty cool. Fuel cell vehicles can even reduce carbon dioxide by up to half if the hydrogen is produced by natural gas and by 90% if the hydrogen is produced by renewable energy. So it doesn't completely crack the carbon dioxide problem. But neither does Tesla and electric vehicle charging and the batteries and the energy it takes to produce those. Fuel cell cars are very similar to traditional gasoline-powered cars. You can fill up in five minutes or less. That's pr- it's, and it's kind of like filling up your propane gas tank. So like, there's a little weird cooling pressure at the end. You're like, why is my, uh, hydrogen, why, why is my propane tank getting a little colder? It's just about how gas is transferred. Um, there's over 30 commercial hydrogen stations in California today and growing. I highly recommend you just stay on technology. This, this will make you a cooler person to talk to at lunch today. Toyota's got the Mirai, M-I-R-A-I, M-I-R-A-I, and it's pretty innovative. Does it catch on? I don't know yet. Um, it's selling well, and it's more uh, applicable vehicle for like a millennial living in a city than using an electric vehicle. Finding charging stations that are open, finding charging stations that work is becoming more and more of a problem. Whenever I need to charge my electric vehicle and I, I'm on the road, I'll, I'll pull into said charging station and like out of the 14 stalls, four of them are broken. Get up, get on up. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, a little hydrogen fuel making a story for Toyota. Toyota's got a good website on the Mirai, M-I-R-A-I, if you want the easy introduction. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. 
and education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. Changing the guard. In October 2020, Zoom was worth more than ExxonMobil. Now ExxonMobil is 14 times bigger than Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Let's go back to my room. The Interpro Pro songs, the 1990s. Due to the run-up in oil prices and tech's collapse, we saw Saudi Aramco overtake Apple as the most valuable company in the world with a market cap of $2.4 trillion. But the Zoom one was bigger and worth more than ExxonMobil, which makes us scratch our heads. Were we high? Back in October 2020, when you see ExxonMobil, there shall be blood. NASDAQ was beaten up pretty good yesterday in the cell. The SP 500, the Dow as well. NASDAQ dropped 3% in a day. It used to be an earth shattering event. Now it's called, yep, just another day in May. Hot inflationary read yesterday in the CPI, although it did have some components like airfares that shot up, even though we're now starting to see airfares drop aggressive, uh, airfare reservations drop aggressively because the airfares shot up. So these prices should start to come down. See, the demand peaked or spiked in March, April, and May, and now we're starting to see the prices come. No, we're not seeing prices come down. We're seeing last month's prices still go higher. We'll see this month's prices later, but we know this month's bookings are going down as people are canceling reservations and plans because it's too expensive to fly. Anyway, yesterday's inflation report was a doctor beginning the uh, evaluation with you, going over with you. Well, the good news is, and then there's the bad news. Let's start for the good news first, Mr. Black. Inflation seems to have peaked. Consumer prices grew 8.3% in April, down from 8.5% in March. Used vehicle prices continued their descent. Slowdown was driven in large part by energy costs, which had a drop of 6% in gasoline prices in that month, but they've already started going up in this month. Everything that we're reporting is one month old. Now, the but, inflation is still a comfortably high. So 8.3% is not a lot better than 8.5%. Yes, it's a poke in the eye. Yes, it's less of a poke in the eye, but not by much. It's still a poke in the eye. Shelter cost, aka rents, rose one half of 1% for the third straight monthly gain. They account for a third of the overall CPI. Airfares jumped 18.6% for the biggest gain on record ever, which I don't know if that makes sense or not. And you think about 9-11 and, you know, 1970s oil embargoes and situations like that. But that's the truth. That's the fact, Jack. A record number of Americans said that inflation was their number one financial problem. Good. I've been telling you for years, inflation is my boogeyman. I feel that it's my uh, Freddy Krueger, James, uh, Jason Voorhees. Yes, yes, yes. Do you pick up what I'm putting down? You don't see him. You don't see him. But when you see him, you're like, ah, no, I'm screwed. Which for the record, if I'm ever, ever cast in a real life horror movie and there's a beautiful woman standing next to me and a serial killer with an ax, I know he's going to go after me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tackle her and then run. Yes, I'm a chicken. Yes, 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 yes. I know how the story goes. Airbnb dropped its biggest redesign in a decade. Customers increasingly seek out longer-term rentals. Airbnb introduced a search tool, and I don't quite understand this, that sorts listings into categories such as tiny homes, amazing pools, caves, and also unveiled a feature that allows you to split time between two properties for stays of one week or longer. 
I don't get those split times. It's almost an insult to the first home that you're renting. Saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, halfway through your vacation, you got to pack up and leave. Disney Streaming Empire wasn't so bad. Netflix first quarter debacle. Disney, they added 7.9 subscribers. Again, they're at a much lower cost point for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, which is a pretty good package, to be quite honest with you. Because you get some live sports, you get, get children's entertainment, which if you have children, you have to have. It's also called the babysitter. Hey, look at my Sony 60-inch babysitter. Um, Disney has a total of 205 million subscribers, which is inching closer to Netflix's 221 million. I would say by the end of this year, let's see where we're at. Crypto winner has hit Coinbase. Coinbase shares skidded 26% yesterday after dropping first quarter earnings report that showed less stability than stablecoin. Um, the thing that shocked me yesterday the most about Coinbase was they came out and said, if we go bankrupt, all your assets in your digital wallet, everything that you own in Bitcoin is ours. And I'm like, are they allowed to say that? <laughs> was the CEO drunk when he said that? Yesterday, we got to look at some new Google product. During the company's I.O. developer conference, Google announced a slew of new name uh, uh, gadgets. They got the Google Pixel 6a. It's a more affordable version of the premium Pixel 6. I'm not a Google guy. I'm an Apple guy. I'm true to my Apple ecosystem, but I want to see what the other guys are doing. They announced Pixel Buds Pro, Google's most premium wireless earbuds, cheaper than Apple's at $249. Pixel Buds Pro is coming at $199. Do you see a trend here? We're not Apple. We're cheaper than Apple. Heading into a recession, we'll take anyone that can no longer afford Apple's premium ecosystem. Google announced an easier way for people to remove their personal information from search results. Google CEO is like, he's like, he's the kid in math class that sits behind you. And yes, I used to mess with kids who sat behind me. I put down the wrong answers first. I put them down backwards and I reached first and right before I turned in the test because I don't like cheaters. Cheaters are going to always cheat, 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 cheat. Losers are always going to lose, 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 lose. Plunging stock prices are putting pressure on compensation packages. A lot of companies like Snap, Uber, and Amazon have given generous chunks of equity to high-paying executives as a way of not giving them cash, but giving them cash alternatives, which would be equity. Microsoft is considering sweeping pay raises. Microsoft's efforts to tackle growing dissatisfaction with compensation and to stop employees from leaving the competitors, such as Amazon. So they're talking pay raises, a sweeping change. So more inflation on the wages are coming. Less profitability is coming. Facebook has said, we're not going to do any hiring for the rest of the year, which is to me, we're going to actually look at all of our departments and we're going to start firing people. If you were to speak stock, you know, I know the guy who invented um, the television, the movie version of uh, Vulcan. I think you're saying that's a weird claim to fame. Uh, Mark Ockren? It could be Mike Ockren, but I think it's Mark Ockren. And I know him. I didn't know. I still don't know him. I know him 25 plus years ago. Um, interesting. Netflix is asking Hollywood for an enthralling reality competition, its own version of a show like A New Girl or a replacement of Grace and Frankly, but absolutely no sad comedies. They are asking producers and they're telling Hollywood agencies what they want. An enthralling reality competition, what that is, is a lot of eyeballs 
for a very cheap price. You know how a couple of weeks ago I brought up how the TV show Survivor is still on? 25 years later or whatever it's been, right? It's crazy how long it's been on. And it's wildly profitable for CBS because they only offer a million dollar prize and the actors on the show are contestants and the contestants, they get some scaled in compensation, but it's not a lot of money. It's not like Ted Danson cheers money. <laughs> You're like Ted Danson cheers? Jennifer Aniston friend with money? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, reality show, that's telling you Netflix is looking for eyeballs for cheap. They want to produce, spend less on content. Facebook wants to hire fewer people, probably fire people. Microsoft wants to give pay raises to the highest level employees because they're, they're desperate to keep talent. A lot going on in the labor market these days. You can find me online at robloxshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.